Hello and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week we'll be discussing Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, The Iron Claw, Anyone But You, Ferrari, Poor Things, The Boys in the Boat, and Anatomy of a Fall. I'm your host, Bill George. With me today... Flour, butter, vegetable oil, <laughs> cocoa powder. Are we making fucking brownies? What are we doing here? Uh, that's AJ Rebecca, uh and super producer Craig Stanton. Yellow. Also along. Hey, Gentlemen, hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bill, how great was your New Year's Eve? Uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun, AJ. Uh, we spent it together, you and I, virtually. For, yep. Uh, sure did. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun playing Call of Duty with the boys at midnight, wow. like you do. you love to see that. <laughs> like a bunch of 30-year-olds. Craig, how was your uh, New Year's Eve? Oh, it was pretty great. It was pretty good. What'd you do? Uh, New Year's weekend. Uh, Rebuilder had a nice show on Saturday night, uh, then did a little bit of additional partying on uh, the New Year's Eve itself. So it was good. It's a good time. Good for Bring you. Bring it in. You look like shit. You look I look like, like shit. shit. Nobody on the podcast can see that, and I think that's for the best. Uh, yep. I just learned this about five minutes ago when I turned my webcam on, so I'll be, I'll be working on that. I'll be working on myself in 2024 and specifically my face. <laughs> A little disheveled. We need to get you disheveled. Uh, I don't know the opposite of disheveled. We're going to get disheveled together. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, boys, before we jump into uh, what we've been watching, follow up, etc., cetera, uh, any New Year's resolutions for 2024? My New Year's resolution typically is to see more movies than the year previously or review more movies than the year previously, which I accomplished in 2023 with a new record, 93 reviews, my best ever. Uh, very excited about that. Now, that's my usual resolution is Hell of that. a job. Thank you. Hell of a job. But going into 2024, I don't plan on necessarily beating that because we are planning an event for the thousandth and I'm at 955 and I got, I'm going to have to meter it out and kind of like delicate situation, time it a little bit. So because of that, because of that, I don't know that I'm going to break that record this year. But generally speaking, that usually is my resolution. How about you? Uh, Me? Uh, The same old shit. Sure. Drink less, work out more. Try to be more present. Cut down on sports gambling. Well, you're, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm kind of in the same boat. You know, <laughs> yeah, like you know, just be less gross. Yeah, don't be a shithead. Well, you're lucky that you have workout equipment in your home, so you're not one of these people that has to try to go to the gym the first week of January and just with the masses. No, I, I go to the sports club down the street. They got a fucking spa and a sauna and a steam room. In the background of both of your shots right now are dusty Pelotons that uh, don't get used. Hey, I rode mine this morning. I know, I know. This Peloton is just a very expensive coat rack, so don't let oh, that Jesus. fool you. I go to the gym like a, any other normal peasant. Oh, God. Well, good luck going this week. All right, Bill. Uh, I had last week off. Yep. Um, it was great. Happy. I tried to watch a few new movies while I was on Christmas break. Yeah, tell me. Okay. I first one I watched was uh, Leave the World Behind. I kind of, I kind of fucking like this movie. I know you gave it a no, but I actually liked it a lot. Yeah. I, so this was a Netflix original with Julia Roberts uh, and a bunch of other folks. I, I thought it was good. I was on the line. I was really on the fence on it, but I ended up leaning towards no, just because of some of the writing and the fact that I think that this type of movie where it's end of the world, but you're watching it from the outskirts. 
I've seen that a couple different times, and I feel like I've seen it better. Yeah. So that's kind of where I landed. But yeah. I, I understand what you liked about it. I, there were definitely things I liked about it as well. The good was really good, and the bad was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you like end of the world, uh, I don't know. It's not hor- it's not horror. It's more of like um, suspense, thriller, I guess, type thriller. Uh, it reminded me of a really bad. Um, who did Get Out? Jordan Peele. Like it's not, it's like it's like a C minus Jordan Peele movie. Um, my thing that I told you was if they wanted to lean into the Twilight Zone type atmosphere, they should have just made it like that. Instead, it's like kind of quirky, kind of fourth wall weirdish, kind yeah. of odd uh, tonally. There's like a lot of tonal back and forth whiplash and just horrible writing at some point. So if they clean that up, I think it would have been a lot better. But <laughs> I kind of dug it. That was my issue too. Yeah, the writing was a problem. I, stylistically, I actually really liked it. I liked some of the cool camera work and some of the neat sequences, but the writing was just not there. And also, one thing, the pet peeve of mine... Go for it. CG animals. Like, every movie nowadays, they need a deer or something, or... And they just... What, are they going to wrangle up 72 wild bucks and put them in a shot? You don't need that, but, like, even single deer. Like, it's all CG, and it just immediately takes me out of it. Rabbits are CG nowadays. It's all the time. I, it's just, I, I, CG animals just bug me. Anyway. Okay, put it on the, the worst list of 2023, CGI animals. <laughs> um, can I get a real rabbit for fuck's yes, sake? Yes, tell me. For fuck's sake. Give me a flamingo. Uh, the second new movie I saw, which has now entered my best of 2023 list, and new top 10 favorite Christmas movie of all time. Ooh, wow. okay. Paul Giamatti's Holdovers was just- What a movie. I feel bad for the people who didn't get to watch it between November 1st and January 1st. Yeah. It is a holiday Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. You can watch it now. You're going to love it. But like to be in in that movie the day after Christmas and just getting a whole bunch of vibes and nostalgia and amazingness. If Paul Giamatti doesn't get an Oscar nod for holdovers, burn the establishment to the fucking ground. Yeah, riots in the streets for sure. But he'll he'll get the nod. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll do best of the year next episode, and that's in my short list for sure. So good. I so want to see that bug-eyed, uh, ugly bastard upstairs, <laughs> up, up on stage <laughs> giving his speech uh, and holding that award. Yeah, uh, we'll see. Yeah. It was amazing, truly amazing. Uh, and the last one wasn't new. We've been watching Monarch on Apple TV. I went back and watched the Godzilla reboot with Cranston uh, from 20... I think that was 2014, if I remember correctly. Was it 14? Yes, 2014. Nailed it. Just a hell of a film. I know, I think you might have given it a no when it came out, or you were kind of on the fence about it. Uh, yeah, I don't remember my rating. I just remember... When I think back on it, I remember kind of being underwhelmed by it, but uh, I I feel like I definitely need to revisit it for sure with fresh eyes. I mean, it's Gareth Edwards. We're huge fans. D- did Monsters, followed up with Godzilla, then followed up with my favorite Star Wars movie, Rogue One, which is just mm-hmm. fucking amazing. And then he just did uh, The Creator uh, this, this last year, which I know that you love. Yeah, I think if I rewatched it, I would appreciate the craft more now than I would have nine years ago, for sure. Yeah, like just the... The way he shoots it and directs it and, and just, it was just really well done. Um, and it's got an all-star cast and everyone in it is amazing. But I, I'm i in a Godzilla mood. I knew I know you wanted me to see Minus One. I didn't have the chance shameful to do it. Out, shameful outrage. Big earthquake in Japan this morning. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. It's topical. Yeah. You do need to see that movie, AJ. I know. It, it will happen eventually. Okay. Uh, what did you get into? Uh, I recently, for the new year, uh, on New Year's Eve day, I watched Time Bomb Y2K. So it just popped up on HBO when I was just kind of surfing. Or it popped up on Max, excuse me. Um, yeah, it's on HBO. I was excited about it because I was like, all right, Y2K, I lived through it. I remember it. It's all about the fear of what was going to happen when the year 2000 hit because of the computer programming at the time. You know, it was a really uh, interesting, scary, exciting time. Like there were like I literally was waiting for midnight thinking the power might go out instantly or that planes would fall out of the sky. Like that's what we thought. So I was like, oh, great. I'd love to revisit this cool time in history. And it's all archival footage, which is like exciting nostalgia trip for me. But I'll tell you, very disappointing as a documentary. Very slow. Why though? So it was slowly paced and it was only made out of archival footage. Like, it must have been cheap to make. All you need is an editor and someone with a vision, and they could just throw it together. It's just all archival footage, which the problem with that is they would show footage of Al Gore or the person they put in charge of the Y2K situation or, like, the head of IBM in all these interviews. And it's like, I wanted this to be a Netflix-style doc where they sit down with them now and, like, yeah. get me the head of IBM and tell me what the war room was like Bring at the time. Me that's exactly that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, why can't we get, like, the head of IT or the head of yeah. actual IBM, like, head of IT at IBM or the head of IBM to sit down and be like, what was it like? What was it like? Get Al Gore in here. What was the reaction? What were you guys talking about in the Oval Office? Like, what was the plan? Like, I want reflection and insight, and instead I just have archival footage from news stories that I watched as they happened. So, like, I didn't really gain... A whole lot. So, disappointing. Because it's an interesting topic I think could be explored. If you do want to watch Planes Fall Out of Sky, you should watch Leave the World Behind, <laughs> which I gave a yes to. On nice callback. <laughs> the alternate universe version of Sixty. Yep. Uh, okay, Craig, were you just watching the inside of a toilet bowl this past week? Boys, not. <laughs> I got nothing much to share. I got nothing much to share. It's all about, all right. it's all about you boys this Ooh. episode. Okay, double trouble. All right, we are going to skip uh, in the news this week because uh, we have 17,000 <laughs> reviews, uh, which we'll be going over. Uh, for those wanting to have a recap or our thoughts about how 2023 was in uh, TV and uh, movies and cinema, uh, our next episode will be diving deep into our 2023 recap. So this week, we're just going to be talking about seven films. The first one is the last film of the current DC cinematic universe, which is Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. According to IMDb.com, Black Manta seeks revenge on Aquaman for his father's death. Wielding the Black Trident's power, he becomes a formidable foe. To defend Atlantis, Aquaman forges an alliance with his imprisoned brother, period. They must protect the kingdom. Other period. Bill, is this movie as bad as the synopsis on imdb.com? Is it as bad? Yes. Should you go see it? No. Uh, and first of all, just a funny aside, this might as well have been named Aquaman 2 presented by Guinness because the product placement in this movie is what? insane. Oh, it's his favorite he, beer. Jason Momoa's favorite beer Momoa is Momoa opens a fridge and it's just half filled with ice cold bottles of Guinness label facing out. <laughs> First of all, bottles. What? Second of all, it's Momoa's favorite beer, or it's no the character's Momoa favorite beer or both. Mom Momoa's favorite beer is Guinness. He drinks it all the time. He loves it. Smart man. Yeah. So then later, so that's just the fridge. Then, a lot of protein. Then like 
you know, uh, 20 minutes later, there's a scene where they're sitting at the dinner table with glasses that say Guinness on the side, drinking it with other Guinness cans just out invisible on the table. <laughs> it was so much. How does a, how, here's a science question for all you fucking nerds out there. How does a fish drink Guinness? Well, this was when the, the, I mean, they were on the land in this scene. It was mm. him and his. Sounds fishy and to his me. Human f- <laughs> Stop it. It's him and his human father, Stop AJ. You see, he straddles both worlds. Anyway, mm. uh, yeah, it was terrible. And it is a revenge movie for Black Manta, again, just like the first movie. And it's a climate change warning movie. And it's the last Snyderverse movie, um, as you mentioned. And someone asked me, is it as bad as Wonder Woman 84? And to that, I say, Ooh. no, it is not that bad. And in fact, I got irrationally angry thinking about the, that fact that that movie exists. Uh, so no, it's not as bad as that, but it is in the ballpark. You know, Momoa has fun with the movie, as you can probably tell from the commercials. Like, he is having a blast, but the overall cast is not good. And I can't blame them because they must be just standing on blue screens the entire time. Oh, my God. Um, I will say... James Wan, talented director, you know, he brings a certain artistry to it. It's competently made, but it's just not on the page. The script is just horrendous. Mm. And it makes it more shocking when you realize that this exists because Aquaman made a billion dollars and was DC's biggest hit five years ago. And you just wouldn't think that when you're watching this dud of a movie. Uh, So it has no real redeeming value and you should skip it. You think James Wan is a competent, I mean, you think he's a good director? Yeah. Conjuring? That's a hell of a directed film. Okay. You don't spawn a Conjuring universe off a poorly made movie, I'll tell you that. Do you know he also directed the first Saw movie in 2004? Yeah, that's how he got his start. Saw is yeah. still incredible if you watch it to this day. Yeah, I mean... I'll... Yeah, I like one. Just listen to our Halloween episode spectacular. Yeah. We'll t- tell you how Bill gets uh, gets ready for his, uh, gets, for his gets hunting. Gets his jollies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That Peloton is actually made out of human femurs, everyone. Human <laughs> femurs. Uh, okay, so this is trash. The the, yep. the Snyderverse is officially dead. Yes, correct. We're moving on to um, the next phase. Yeah, James Gunn. We're excited. Kicking off a new DCEU movie-verse, whatever you want to call it. With a new Superman legacy, uh, which is coming out. Sure, something like that. At some point. I think it's July. Although, was of it next year? Wait, of this no, year? July 2025. Yeah, I think it's 25. Anyways, okay. Aquaman, trash. We all knew it. Awful. Thanks, thanks Zach, for whatever you yeah. did to get us here. Okay, next film. Highly anticipated, The Iron Claw. The true story of the Von Erich brothers who made history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. Bill, should I go see it? Absolutely, yes. This is a great movie. I knew absolutely zero going into it. I, you know, I watched wrestling as a kid, but this is even before my time wrestling-wise. So, like, I didn't know any of it. Yeah. Um, and I recommend that other people do the same. Like, go in as fresh as you can because they do a really nice job telling the story in a cinematic way as if it's an original drama versus sometimes movies like this feel more like a dramatized documentary. This actually tells it like it's as if it's an original story, but then you do the fact checking after there's a zillion articles you could read after the fact to kind of learn the true story and you see how close it was. And I just highly recommend it. It's, it's a heartbreaking story. It's just, it's harrowing. It's, it's not 
going to be the fun-filled movie of the year, I tell you that. Um, but it is incredibly well done. Uh, uh, everyone in it is phenomenal, too. Uh, Maura Tierney shows up. Haven't seen her in ages. Oh, I fucking love her. So do I. She's She plays the mother of the family, and then uh, Holt McCallany is the father, who we know from Mindhunter. He's great. Uh, the whole movie is just extremely well put together. It's also got a great soundtrack, uh, which I know Craig will roll his eyes because it's all just 70s hits. <laughs> um, but it's a great soundtrack. Ugh. Yuck. Um, I can't, I'm, I'm looking at the trailer right now. Zach Efron, my yeah. God, what I would do for that He is body. massive. Muscles on his back I didn't know Ugh. existed. Between, oh, give me all the between him, <laughs> watching him in this and watching the new season of Reacher, like I'm getting a complex. Like I feel like Christian Bale in The Machinist when I look at these people. <laughs> like it's just. I love that. Okay. So Zach Efron uh, reviews are that he's absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Jeremy Allen White from The Bear, who we love, is in it. Uh, do we have any potential uh, Oscar nods for the film itself, for any of the actors? Writing story, directing, anything? I hope so. I mean, it's 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 a twenty four, and they are you know the darling of the industry, so that could help them. And it's top notch all around. Uh, like it feels like almost a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie for like the first half, and then it becomes more wow. of like an Aronofsky, the wrestler, in the second half. Like it's so well done. I could see it getting nominated for things. I mean, this is going to be a very crowded year, as we'll discuss next week, so or next episode. So I don't know if it's going to make it into everything, especially as a quote-unquote sports movie, but I do hope that it is recognized. Because um, you could recognize the production design for the period piece nature of it. You could recognize the screenplay. You could recognize the direction. Efron, I could see, um, I mean, again, a tough year, but I could see him in there. Like, he was really, really good. And yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a great movie. Highly recommend. My only question I had was... Uh you know, when this trailer dropped, the first thing I could think of was uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler, which you just talked about, yep. which is like, I need to go back and watch it because it's so well shot. Mickey Rourke was fantastic in it, but it is kind of like that POV real life in the ring. The the trials and tribulations. How, how what, what's a comparison between, like, could you see that this kind of pulled things from The Wrestler or is it its own type of, production from the wrestling world? Um, I would say they're similar in tone and even in look, but this is going to be a little bit broader because you are covering more characters and more time because you're going through like the family history versus the wrestler is like very, very intimate one person yeah. the whole time. So it's a little different stylistically in that way, but close, but close. And if you liked the wrestler, you would definitely enjoy this. Love that. Great. Uh, our next film uh, is anyone but you. So according to imdb.com, after an amazing first date, B and Ben's fiery attraction turns ice cold until they find themselves unexpectedly reunited at a destination wedding in Australia. So they do what any two mature adults would do, pretend to be a couple. Bill, should I go see it? Yes. I love this movie. Oh. I love it. I'm going to be honest. I loved it. It's, You're a rom-com guy, right? Not necessarily. Bill's been in a real rom-com mood recently. <laughs> I, I'm not usually. I think it was the Hallmark movie. But it is, it's funny, it's enjoyable, I got emotional, like it got me. And it is 
for me, it was just a fun escapist type of movie. Like, do not expect a sliver of realism. Uh, this is like a throwback to the early 2000s rom-com filmmaking Ooh, in the baby. best of ways, in the best of ways. And it's something we need. We need it right now. You know, we need we need the holidays, the failure, uh, failure to launch <laughs> yeah. uh, 10 things I hate about you. We need Bill. We fucking need that. We do. And it, it scratched me right where I itched. The leads are <laughs> fantastic together. Glenn Powell is is charming as fuck. He's like Chris Pine 2.0. Love him. Hard body. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Sydney Sweeney. I will say, like, not the most gifted actor in the world. Like, scenes with other characters, she's, like, can come across a little stiff or stilted. But scenes with him, like... Great chemistry. Electric. Just the chemistry is there. And she has great... Even though her line delivery, I feel like, was off at times, her facial acting is phenomenal. And there's some great sequences with that. Um, mm, maybe her and Tom Hardy should do a face-off. They should. That would be a hell of a picture. The silent <laughs> film. Bill, I think we have our second shirt that we need to run for 2024. So we have the idea of Michael Mann's seminal classic Heat yes. and all Helvetica. Yes. I think we need to do a take on Trump's MAGA hats by doing a red hat that says make rom-coms great again. Yeah, you, it's, this is the start. This, I would say, is the start. Hmm. I'm, I'm thinking some ideas for the, uh, the uh, spectacular event. Okay, okay. But write those down. Write that down. Uh, uh, Craig, write that down. Yeah, uh, I'm writing down Trump themed gag merch <laughs> like it's 2015. Perfect. <laughs> great idea. Uh, no, the movie's great. There's good comedy bits. I laughed out loud. It's it's a solid BB plus. Like it's not necessarily wow. Not necessarily like an all timer that people are going to watch forever. But I would watch it again 100. Uh, percent And also weirdly that not in the advertising at all. It's a Shakespeare adaptation of Much Ado About Nothing. And they have like little title sequences that use lines from Shakespeare, like hidden in the environment as like chapter markers. Super clever. Not in your face, but Ooh. there. Wow. Really interesting. They're, they're doing the whole uh, Fall of the House of Usher yeah, thing. Yeah, big right House now. of Usher vibes. Layers. Yeah. It's great. Um, so it is good. It, it will not make the Razzies this year. You're saying this is an actual good foundational film. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. All right. I'm going to wait for this to, this might be a good, is it a plane movie? Is there like, sure, can I, sure. Can I watch it in front of like families and children on a plane? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm just making sure there's a lot of been a lot of frontal nudity in 2023. <laughs> I'm just making sure that I'm doing the right thing by the right. People. I mean, it gets a little steamy. It's R rated, but it's not, there's not like super intense, anything like that. Okay. No dogs. All right. All right moving on. <laughs> it's not a salt burn um, situation. Uh, I'm, I'm watching a, that on a plane next week. I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next film is Ferrari, according to IMDb.com, set in the summer of 1957 with Enzo Ferrari's auto empire in crisis. The ex-racer turned entrepreneur pushes himself and his drivers to the edge as they launch into a treacherous 1,000-mile race across Italy. Bill, should I go see? No. Speaking of Michael Mann, though, it is directed by Michael Mann. But but it's I, I gave it a no. It's a tough one. I, I ended up leaning no. And what it boiled down to when I was deciding was I realized I would never watch it again. So that's where I ended up kind of falling onto the no side of the line. Fair. But it's 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 also tough for a more standard biopic to come out the same year as Oppenheimer, which is like the biopic to end all biopics. And they take place in the same time period, like late 40s, 50s America. Okay. Uh, and this one I just didn't find particularly compelling. Uh, I thought Adam Driver's performance was great. 
Penelope Cruz is always great, but she's in that disgruntled wife role. It's like she tries to elevate it as much as she can, but that's what she's kind of stuck with. And yeah. then Shailene Woodley. Thanks, thanks, blow. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Shailene Woodley is is just straight up miscast. Like she's she's a talented actress, but she does not fit into this movie whatsoever. And the movie's full of weird choices. Is she trying to like fight the polio vaccine? No, she's his mistress. <laughs> and that's the other thing is the entire movie, <laughs> the entire movie is like focused on him and his infidelities, and the the racing is like a side note. It, it kind of just like lurches from scene to scene, and then at the very end, there's a race, and the race is fine, but it's not the most compelling action that Michael Mann's ever shot. It's pretty standard, mm. and that also makes for a tough comparison when Gran Turismo came out this year and was super innovative when it came to the racing movie space. Um, so it's not bad by any means. I definitely recommend watching it some night on HBO, but it's not a visit the theater type of movie. Okay, you know what? I think that was a good that was a good ending to that. Which is going to go on to our next film, sure. a a true Oscar contender already, uh, which will be Poor Things, according to IMDb.com, the incredible tale about the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist, Dr. Godwin Baxter. Bill, should I go see it? AJ, I gave it a yes, but I'm going to tell you, this is- Oh, it's a soft This yes. is the ultimate mixed bag. Uh, this falls into the same class of movie as Ghost Story or Neon Demon. It's a movie where cinephiles and critics love it, but if the average moviegoer off the street walked in, they would find it pretentious and artsy and dumb. You know what I mean? So, like, so you're you're saying you're saying I'm you're saying I'm stupid? <laughs> no, I'm saying that you're 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 saying you, me, and all of our listeners are knuckle dragging. Morons. Neanderthals. Wow, dude. Wow. Cool. I'm saying that if you only go to a couple movies a year, like you're one of those people, this is not going to be for you. If you those people, <laughs> do you hear this guy? Wow. What do you mean by you people, Bill? If wow, you are up for a weird and challenging piece of cinema that has awards buzz and that people are talking about, then go for it. But don't pop in because you see on the marquee Emma Stone. You're like, oh, I'll go check that out. You are going to be severely disappointed. Can I can I ask a question? Can I ask a question about the synopsis? Brought back to life? Yeah, did they they did a little Jon Snow on her? <laughs> so, kind of. Is that a spoiler to ask about? Because it. I mean, it's in the it's in the it's in the thing. I mean, it's in the description. How yeah, how that comes to pass, I won't get into because that is there is kind of a story reveal about a third of the okay. way through about okay. like how or why. But I will say that. The movie is Emma Stone. Uh, mentally, we she grows from adolescence to adulthood in a rapid pace, and so you're watching her grow as the movie goes. And so it's her journey of discovery of life as a woman, and then there's all these layers of symbolism and metaphor. And the script is brilliant, and there's a lot of great writing and line delivery, and it's imaginative and it's thought provoking and it's challenging and it's smart. And there's enough of that that it blew me away to the point where I gave it a yes, even though there's stuff in there that I also absolutely hated, which I'll get to. Grow or age? Age, mentally. So it's always, she always looks like Emma Stone as you see her in the trailer. But mentally, she is growing from baby to adult throughout the course of the two and a half hours. Weird. What? Why that is, again, is in the story, so I don't want to get into specifics. So um, it's a. Um, okay. Let me get this straight because I'm an idiot, apparently. 
It's Game of Thrones meets Benjamin Button. I guess. No. Because Benjamin Button changes physically, too. She doesn't. Oh, yeah. So, like, okay, so I'm going to break it into the great and terrible because there's two different parts of this movie. There's greatness and then there's yeah, explain terrible. Explain to me, like, <laughs> like, like I'm so, <laughs> like the moron that he So, yeah, go. one of the things that is terrible is that I hated the first 45 minutes of the entire movie. Like, hated. Oh, wow. And I was ready to, I was ready to go hard no. I was ready to just, like, give it a no because I hated the first 45 minutes. Ooh. Because during that time frame, she is a baby, essentially, in her own body. So the entire movie is, like, nonsense and physical humor and Emma Stone throwing tantrums and throwing plates and acting like a kid. And it lasts way too long. And it was, she can't really speak and then she slowly learns language. And, like, it's, and it's all black and white the first 45 minutes. And it's just, like, what? tough. It was tough to get through. Ugh. Yuck. It is. It is annoying. And that leads me to another thing that I hated was the original score. It was super intrusive. It grated on me nonstop. It's just like high, high pitched strings that are just relentlessly stabbing at you. Mm. It drove me nuts. The first 45 minutes are tough. But once she uh, becomes a teenager, I guess, so to speak, mentally, and you start to see her grow and evolve and Emma Stone's performance where she can, can perfectly convey just with her eyes like what level of understanding she's at with her development, it's amazing. And that's when it gets into much more interesting writing where you get into, you know, it, it's, it's a story about womanhood and, and life as a woman in society. And it becomes super smart and interesting. The problem is we have to do this whole ramp up of her being a kid to like get there. And then even then, one of the things I didn't like is the length and pace. I mean, this movie is two hours and 20 minutes, and that's 20 minutes far too long. You could have cut that easily. Um, and you also could have... Like that whole... Sounds like that whole first part could have been like a Yeah, montage. trim that down big time. And there's also a middle section with just gratuitous sex scenes that add to the story to a point and then become... Again, just like, all right, fucking we get it. Like, you could have cut that down, too. So you could have trimmed the movie easily. Um, but all that hatred being said, the world they build is super interesting. It's like got a steampunk aesthetic, wild colors, inventive sets and costumes. The movie pulls you in. Defoe and Ruffalo are fantastic in their supporting roles. I already talked about Emma Stone being amazing, nominated. She will be nominated for Best Actress for sure. And the filmmaking, AJ, you might hate it to be honest i liked it overall it's definitely different a lot of wide angle like ultra wide angle keyhole cameras lots of vignetting it's very different from your standard camera work interesting so Hmm. again i gave it a yes because there was enough at the end that was thought-provoking and challenging and interesting and, and like just really smartly written and clever but there's also some stuff in there that i did not care for at all and again, I think if someone just goes off the street to say like, oh, Emma Stone movie, let's see what this is about, they are going to be confused as hell because it's going to start out with all black and white and craziness and then it's going to get into that middle section of just gratuitous sex scenes and it's going to be, it's going to be... What a ride. See? It's a different movie, AJ. It is a different type of movie. 2023, the year of the dick. All right. Uh, our next film is going to be The Boys in the Boat. According to IMDb.com, a 1930s set story centered on the University of Washington's rowing team from their Depression-era beginnings to winning gold at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Suck it, Hitler. Bill, 
<laughs> Should I go see it? Uh, yeah, I give it a yes. Uh, I don't. I don't have okay. a lot to say about it though, to be honest, because it is a just your classic sports movie. It is well yeah. executed. It's got a solid, serviceable cast. There's no real breakout young stars, but it's good. You got Joel Edgerton as like the head coach. He's always great, and you have Bob sure. Benson from Mad Men as one of the other coaches. Love him. Oh, love it. Uh, you know. I, Probably a shit ton of mo- mo- training montages, I would expect. Oh, God, yes. Montages galore. It um, reminded me of Cinderella Man, speaking of Paul Giamatti, okay. if you remember that movie. Yeah. Same yep. era, same look, same color palette. Um, you know, post-depression uh, time frame. It was good. I mean, I cried, just like any time American exceptionalism is displayed on the big screen. It's a fucking patriot. Uh, and I really... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was good. One note I will make, though, to your point, uh, Craig... Uh, Hitler's in the movie, and anytime you're making a World War II movie, I, this is like my note to filmmakers out there making World War II movies, only cast Hitler if it is absolutely necessary, because otherwise it is just the biggest distraction in the world. Like, Hitler attends their final race. I don't know if he actually did or not. If he did, then I guess you have to be honest and be truthful in the movie. But if he didn't and they added it for dramatic effect, that was a miscue, because as soon as Hitler comes on screen... Everything else you're thinking about goes out the window because it's like such a distraction. Interesting. Well, I mean, I've, but I feel, yeah, it's I feel, good. I feel like George Clooney is a man of character. Would have only included it. So George Clooney directed it. I feel like he would only include it if it was historically accurate? Question mark? Mm, Maybe I don't know. I meant to look it up. I haven't I yet. He but. also directed the Tender Bar. So I mean that that tells you something too. Ugh, yuck. All right. So anyway, boys, in the boat. Check it out. Sports movie. Craig. Craig, you have. I think in your back bookshelf, it looks like you have, what, 47 copies of that book? <laughs> I have been gifted that book uh, many times. Yeah. Have you? I oh, have okay, so it, he's ready to re-gift it, folks. It's the holidays. <laughs> I'm, ready to, I'm ready to watch it. I love me a, a sports Big sports movie. guy. Yeah, you'll, you'll dig up. it. You'll dig I'll it tear up sure. with the best of them at a, some, sort of a, some sort of emotional uh, sports thing. Love it. Is it like a long sports movie? Like, does it drag on? Like, we get it. Like, you're going to fucking win. America's the best. Uh. No, I wouldn't say so. I think, it, I mean, you, you have the IMDb up. Does it give the runtime? I think it's just a solid two hours. Uh, stand by two, 2.03. Breezy. Yeah, no, it's fine. Breezy. You know, it's, it's your classic movie where the end credits, they're showing the actual pictures of the real people. Like, it's just, it's that type of movie. What do you think of their rowing technique, Bill, as an expert rower? Yeah, you're a big rower as a, a concept two athlete in the background. Never moved um, a single inch while rowing, but you do row a lot. Um, you know, I was looking for that. Obviously, I was like... Dialed in to try to see. How are the delts? <laughs> Give me the technique. <laughs> it was good. I, I mean, obviously, rowing on water is completely different because they have to like reposition and, and rotate the paddles, which I yeah. don't do well on the on the concept too. But nope, you got. But handles. boy, yeah, they uh, they were they were putting their all into it. I tell you that. Drive with the legs. Mm-hmm. Finish in, with the arms in unison. Love that. Uh, our last film, uh, our Oscar buzz, another Oscar buzz film, is Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, according to IMDb.com, a woman is suspected of her husband's murder. Twist, their blind son faces a moral dilemma as the main witness. Woof. Layers. Bill, should I go see it? Yes. Yep. Uh, this is a French film. It is a compelling courtroom drama which Ooh, is you love so those. uncommon another one of the bg hall of fame genres staple it's a bg staple and it's so uncommon these days because this basically this entire movie is courtroom drama and i'm here for it two and a half hours i'm in 
but it's in France. So the court system is different, which was jarring at first. I was yelling objection at the TV because they were like leading the witness and jumping in. There's no proper instead of rules. A, instead of a, a gavel, do they just bang a fucking Dale baguette? <laughs> no? It's good. It's real good. It's um, And the movie is a mix of English and French. It's probably 50-50. So uh, there's going to be a lot of reading uh, for subtitles. Just be ready for that. Love that. Uh, I'm prepared. And I think it's one of those movies you mentioned, Oscar Buzz. I bet it will be similar to, it could be similar to Parasite, where it'll be nominated for Best International Film and Best Picture. I don't know that it will win both like Parasite did, but it, it'll probably win Best International Film, I would think. Wow. Um, but yeah, so it, it's about the our protagonist uh, is a writer, and her husband is found dead outside, and the cause of death cannot be definitively determined. He fell from an attic window, so the question becomes, was it an accident? Was it a suicide? Did she do it? And you're basically trying to figure that out for the two and a half hours. Ooh, um, baby. And, and the blind say, son is the key witness? How did he yeah. cross-examine a blind kid? Great question. Watch the movie to find out. Uh, well, Craig's shaking his head. That's a, that's a genuine... I was going to say the same way you cross-examine anybody fucking else with questions. <laughs> well, you can't say, hey, what did you see? <laughs> Uh, look, I don't want to get into too much detail because the evidence comes to light like as you watch the movie. Like That's the fun of the movie as you're watching it play out. Um, and the performances are very naturalistic, especially the lead. She's incredible. Um, and there's a level of ambiguity involved in the whole thing from like scene to scene. The movie's like played as kind of a tightrope. That's um, oh, great. It's great. It's well put together. It's well edited. It looks great. Um, it's just it's such a rarity to see such a smart courtroom movie come out and it's also there's more to it than that it's not just the courtroom movie there's also a dissection of marriage itself um there's a lot of sort of talk around that too it's it's a big time recommend you just got to kind of go for the ride and you have to be okay with ambiguity um and you'll and you'll enjoy it i love that yeah i think um i think we're gonna try to watch it this week so hopefully uh next episode please do i need someone to talk about it yeah i'll either please i'll either watch it uh on the plane for travel or uh hannah and i will watch it this week okay cool all right boys uh wrap it up uh, netflix and bill what are we watching Uh, a couple other things i reviewed that were netflix originals so we put it in the netflix and bill section Uh, maestro which i gave a yes directed by bradley cooper stars bradley cooper um about the life of of leonard bernstein I thought it was quite good. I thought it was, it was, the, the performances were great. I thought the directing was interesting. Um, I thought it was very good. Greg, uh, you watched it, right? I watched it with my family, and people uh, wanted to go to bed. This was over Christmas. So I actually only saw the first half, uh, but I did think it was very interesting. It's on my to-do list to uh, to finish it up. Okay. The only thing, AJ, for you, it starts in black and white 4-3, then it becomes like grainy color, and then it becomes like full normal movie because they go through time from the 40s to you know 70s or whatever and so at but we know it's in the 40s why do we need it to be in 4-3 black and white if we know it's the 40s to add to the um, I don't know yeah but black and white people saw like people saw color they weren't like dogs people saw color (laughs) yeah like that was only on televisions that was 4-3 black and white every other person saw the world the the world is not the way it is on a on a TV screen in nineteen fucking fifty two. I actually found the black and white the black and white thing. I didn't fuck I you. Didn't think about it because there's a lot. <laughs> Jesus Christ, there's a lot more weird filmmaky type stuff going on in the beginning part of this movie that is like enough to be like, I don't know. You just don't even like the fact that it's in black and white four three whatever is like the furthest thing from your mind. I thought anyway. I'll be the judge of that. Okay. 
Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. There's a lot more like more interesting things to think about in terms of the camera work and like what's happening than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was good. I liked it. It was good. Uh, and there's there's like a tour de force conducting sequence of like six straight minutes of Bradley Cooper actually conducting in almost one take, and it's remarkable. Highly recommend. He is wearing an Eagles jersey though, which is a little disappointing. <laughs> he is. No. no. Oh. I don't know if he was like, "Hey, go birds." Uh, oh my god. Uh, what else did you watch, Bill? Uh, the other one was Rebel Moon, Part oh, One, pew, A Child pew. of Fire, uh, title. Uh, this this is Zack Snyder's new movie. Now that he, the DCU's over, uh, he has moved on. He is making this uh, series for Netflix. I think it's I think it's only two, but it's a big sci-fi, Star Wars esque type of movie. And I gave it a yes. I have been subsequently. Uh, reamed out by multiple people for giving it a yes. But I'm telling you, I enjoyed it. I thought it was like, you got to lean into the fact that it's like, you know, it's not going to be that great writing wise and the characters are going to be thin. Like it's like, it's like that Rick and Morty episode where Rick is gathering people for like the heist and they're all like Rick Sanchez, you son of a bitch. I'm in. It's like that type of movie. There's going around gathering people to like set. It's all set up because it's part one. And I just, I've always loved Snyder's style. I've always been a Zack Snyder apologist. I still go back and watch the action sequences in Sucker Punch. Um, I still like Man of Steel. Like, I just love visually what he does. And so to see that applied to sci-fi and Star Wars right now is terrible. So this is like a different escape to get to, you know, kind of get a chance to get that in a different way. Uh, I dug it. I dug it. Speaking of Star Wars, wasn't he supposed, wasn't this supposed to be an actual Star Wars Film, I I didn't get super into the behind the scenes, but I believe he pitched it to Star Wars, and they said uh, no. So he basically was like, "Fuck it, I'll do it on my own and rename uh, everything." Good for him. Um, and I yeah, I mean it's it's not great, but it's a fun, not great for me at least. I dug it. Also, interesting piece of casting. This movie, especially in the opening, includes both actors who played Dario Naharis in Game of Thrones, and they have dialogue scenes with one another, and it was just funny to me. Because I don't know if you remember that character got recast between yep. seasons three and four of Game of Thrones. Yep. Both those actors are in this movie working together. It's wow. Funny. Wow. How the cookie crumbles. All right, Bill, yeah. uh, wrap it up. What do you get tickets to watch? Um, let's take a look. So for me coming up, uh, I'm seeing Self-Reliance, which is the new Jake Johnson comedy. I love um, Jake Johnson. I'm excited about that. Uh, Night Swim, which is like, you know, January, February is when we get into dumping ground where like they're just going to start putting out lame horror movies, basically, to fill the void before uh, the Oscars. So Night Swim is one of those movies and I have a ticket to it. Uh, mean Girls, the musical, seeing that, see what that's all about. Um, and that's it for right now. We'll kind of ease into the new year and see what happens. Love that. Well, boys, happy new years. Happy you new as year. well. 2024, year of Sigsy. Yeah, big year coming up. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about most anticipated next episode. And uh, so, AJ, get your list ready. Next episode, we will recap 2023 in total, including our picks of the year, okay. as well as what we're anticipating next year. So that'll be our big episode, end of the year spectacular. Woo, love that episode. Cool. Thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram at Should I Go See It. Bye.